Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. And the concept with the attack is break the mirror. How do you get that defender to be off balance? Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. In this episode, we speak to Joe Goodman, owner of Evo Rugby and head coach of the University of Bristol men's rugby team. Focusing on the Evo Rugby promise to ignite your attack, we are going to cut to the root on how to coach evasion and agility skills in rugby. Joe, are you ready for the knife? Most certainly am. Where do you start when you are coaching agility for the first time? A uh, very good opening question. Um, for me, I think it's it's about play. It's about um, finding out where your players are at in terms of their natural um, mental approach to attacking rugby. Um, so it depends on the team and the age group, but ultimately it's playing games and setting them up to look at exploring how to break down a defence. Um, and then as a coach, having a mindset to focus on um, this area, which is quite a niche. It's a it's a unique area that not many coaches look at exploring. So you start with the mental approach, which seems sort of surprising. I would have thought you would start with uh, getting them to run around and see if they can actually move. Yeah, I think um, there's a great example actually around the mental side of things where I use a concept of modelling, where I've gone in and coached a session to um, adults as, as well as children and I've done nothing other than say play rugby like the England front row which is no no disrespect to Mr Genge but maybe let's look at the front row of the 80s 90s noughties maybe um, or, or the South African front row right now for example mm-hmm. and suddenly you get a game that unfolds that's very direct and very physical and then with no, no other education around any particular coaching cue or points or information, I'll then say, right, I want you to go and play as if you are Cheslin Colby or some other, you know, star player that really has a bit of razzle-dazzle and energy about them. And suddenly you'll see masses of footwork and body movement and balls flying and line breaks and speed and a complete change in their mental approach and how that game is then played. So if you are with a group which uh, don't watch much rugby and... Um, you, you're working maybe with a group of under 12s and their exposure to rugby is very, very limited. How yeah. do you change that message? Um, really, actually, I talk to them about exploring and expressing uh, the, the movement of their body. How can they manipulate the picture in front of them and find space? How can they beat the players opposite them using their body and movements? So we're not necessarily focusing on passing and looking at manipulating a 3v2, though that is a byproduct of good evasion agility. Um, But initially, it's about how can you go and break the mirror? The concept that I use a lot with children or adults is around the idea that um, the defender is there trying to mirror an attacker to make a tackle. 
So they want stability. They want to be in control. And the concept with the attack is break the mirror. How do you get that defender to be off balance, to be disrupted, and then get them to play, get them to explore about how they move their body? So if um, an under 12 is in front of you, I'm sure you don't say it in uh, some of those terms because they would probably say, well, what, what's he going on about? So you're saying you won't say to them, I want you to manipulate your body. What yeah. does that look like when you start that training session? Um, I'll actually demonstrate myself. You know, you can talk about um, hopping, skipping, jumping, movement of the legs. So asking them just to throw their upper body around, move their heads, basically look at changing direction in the most creative ways possible. So is that in front of other players? Is that with other players in front of them or just moving in a, in a space? In a space. In a space they can do that. And one of the best games to play is almost um, just mirroring one-on-one. So I've done it in groups. I've done it uh, in game situations or just one-on-one. How can you play, in, in essence, mirroring follow my leader and be able to break the mirror and look at exploring those movements? And then... There's a case of evolving that, um, I find, depending on the level of players you're working with, to actually start coaching specific movement patterns. Um, and that's that's through my own exploration as a coach, looking at what the most elite professionals in the game do and how to filter that back down. Uh, because movement becomes, uh, or is rather, natural to some children to players to to young adults men and women um to other players it's not so natural it could be to do with their shape could be to do with the exposure they played in sports and games the environment um but actually you can i am firmly of the side of belief that um you can teach anybody to be evasive and agile to break the defensive mirror and ultimately create opportunities you're talking about uh, the best players. What are the best players doing that younger players can or less experienced players can use, given the fact that these players uh, who are successful at the top are probably athletically well advanced from the people that you're coaching at the moment? Yeah, good question. The Obviously, good athleticism it builds from the ground up. So um, stability in the body and everything else. It's not necessarily relevant in developing players though. That's a, that's something that we obviously evolve through time and, and application in that area. I think the, the thing that separates the, the guys and the girls at the very top of the sport is the ability to recognize when to make movements to break the mirror, to manipulate, to throw a cue out there that is deceptive to an opponent to then exploit it using speed and fending, for example, to gain control of a contact situation. And I guess that's through exploration and a lot of repetition and understanding of being in scenarios time and time again, what works, what doesn't work. And the reality as well is that um, those, those top players know that they can't always be right. They can't always break the line. They're never going to be perfect. It is a growth mindset approach. I might throw some sort of body movement out there because I'm in this situation. I want to be safe. I want to control this contact. I want to try and create an offload. I want to create um, a 2v1 from a 2v2 situation. How do I manipulate? How do I maneuver myself to create that space and opportunity? And it's just through sheer repetition of time and play and exploration over years and having that mindset to have a go. 
Now, with the under 12, again, I was focusing on this uh, this poor under 12. You talked about success with the older players and the more experienced players. How can you bring that into their game so they understand that they can keep trying and it's going to be successful sometimes, but not every time? Because one senses that if they're disappointed too many times, they might just put it to one side and not want to have, or not have the confidence to do it again. There's a couple of ways of doing that, and there's a bit of understanding behind it around learning and dopamine and rewards and um, good communication from coaches. Um, firstly, that you ultimately want to find, you will find no doubt that whoever you're coaching, somebody will be evasive and agile and be very good. And you want to promote that they are doing a great job in that they're beating players and ask other players why they're doing it. How do they think they're doing it? Can they model and replicate those teammates who are doing very well? Is always a really good tool to use. The second way of doing it, obviously, is then take it back and actually teach them in some of the ways I do in my evasion program around um, body movement. So I teach it like a dance class in some ways. So spinning, for example, is probably the most underrated evasive movement out there. Um, Surveyor in the back row for New Zealand is probably one of the greatest at it at the moment. But being able to teach a, a group, you can imagine some music on and line dancing in a way, go just have a go and then play a game where they get rewarded for points every time they do a spin. They get okay, so give me give me an example of one of these games then. Um, I mean, you could do it with rugby balls, but you might play just Bulldogs, for example, is old school. If you started off with a line of, let's say, six defenders and one attacker and the attacker's got to run and try and break through the line using a spin at some point. Simple as that. Just encouraging that. And once someone's tagged, obviously to try and get through and vice versa. So Sorry, isn't that isn't the danger then that they've uh, you're just giving them one one tool and all they ever use is the spin. Uh, don't they have to have um, in the game? You wouldn't spin every time you would use different movements. Absolutely. But if they've got no uh, concept of evasion or agility or haven't done any movements, what we're doing is providing them a tool to start with. Uh, and my philosophy around coaching as well is focusing on one thing at a time, trying to build up the confidence and uh, the ability. Again, we're talking about myelin sheath and many multiple reps, et cetera, and getting that learning uh, ingrained. Um, there's no point jumping in one session from multiple, multiple things. You know, you become a jack of all trades rather than a master of one. And we want them to master every area. So I would look at maybe one or two, maybe three different ways of doing it. And you can play through. And the other thing about that, of course, is that you might be brilliant at spin, Dan, which I can tell no doubt you are, but you might not be so great at a shoulder roll, as we call it, or a Quade Cooper or an air step and things. So each player, each child will have a different step that they favour as well. They might be good on one foot, but not so good off the other foot as well. They might be looking at the wrong cues. So we explore it. And I think just going back to your previous question around how to build confidence in there as well, because they might be failing and grow that growth mindset It is very much about um, the group praising success and rewarding that through the setup of the games, but also as a coach reinforcing that there is, there's learning in that process all the time. Every time there's a mistake made, there's a learning opportunity and any progress made is praised and keep that going again, because you want them to have that little dopamine kick that they're in that process. They're enjoying the challenge and they're benefiting from from going through it. How do you set up these scenarios? Scenarios, again, I mean, it's relative to each group or each um, team, I would say, rather than age groups. Um, for me, uh, I would set up 
the level I'm coaching right now at the university, for example, we would set up things like a, a folding four-man defense coming around a corner from a breakdown. And I've got four matching. You've suddenly realigned. You're under pressure. So we might create fatigue. Um, we might put another backfield defender in place. And we just say, right, you would put some constraints on it. For example, with a defense, um, they would be only allowed to go sideways. Or we might say to them, they have to blitz. And how do the players deal with the situation using evasive skills? What steps? So, what you've, what you've done there is, um, and obviously the audience who are listening will know some of those terms. These are what you're doing is a scenario is specific to the group that you're with. They yeah. will know what you're talking about in the terms of the setup. And then by your manipulation of what's going on, they will yeah. they will take that. So this is a very real game scenario which they're yeah. facing. So um, when you've got, uh, say, a 19 or 20-year-old arrive um, or even an 18-year-old arrive with the University of Bristol group, they will come with some form of athletic ability. Mm -hmm. How much can you help them change? And the second question is, how often do you think, oh, there's lots of work to be done here because they haven't haven't done that? So the first one is, um, how much can you change? And the second one is, um how often do you hold your head in your hands <laughs> um it's not very often that i hold my head in my hands because it's a great challenge as a coach you want you want to be challenged and you want to see players who are motivated succeed and develop the other thing is you play to our our philosophy our game plan at this in this team is to be able to manipulate the opposition we're not the strongest we have to move the ball quickly we have to be athletic and dynamic um, if we were trying to, you know, try and bully teams, we we just don't have the size of it. So that's why I implement this. And it just was a great fit in terms of um, my skill set, my view on these things. In terms of developing the 19-year-old who arrives, I think, again, it comes into the mental side of it. I'm, I'm a firm believer around um, EMP is one of our founding um, acronyms, energy, mindset, and uh, physicality. And um, to get the energy and the mindset, you've got to make a sale as a coach, first and foremost, to the players. So I'm saying, look, you know, every at the highest level, we're talking about 40 plus G in force. It's a mini car crash every time there's a big contact. You're talking about in forwards possibly carrying 300 times a game in some games. Um, wouldn't you like to find space, manipulate the picture? feel better attack more effectively if you could be more agile and sidestep and get control of the contact situation and play like your heroes who are your heroes what do they play like that sort of thing and often especially with bigger players shall we say wanting to make a, a rounded sweeping statement there that they will have you know Sonny Bill Williams might be a hero but the guy I'm talking to is a second row Right, well, you can still emulate Sonny Bill's skills if people know that man as a player. You know, he's powerful, he's athletic, he's dynamic, he's fast, but he offloads because he's earned the right to through evasive agility, attacking skills. Um, and then it goes through that process from there. We'll, we'll look at what do they do currently? Where can I add in something such as body feints? Give them the concept and understanding around breaking the mirror and giving the opponent some information through a body faint, through a step with their leg, depending on what we're coaching. I mean, there's 25 different ways that I coach um, and find out what works for them through that exploration. And once they gain success in one of those areas, then we build upon it. So let's go right back down to uh, you're facing, uh, say, a nine or 10 year old and they haven't had much experience of rugby. How are you Mm -hmm. going to create scenarios for them? 
Again, it's in in gameplay. Again, I would say it's about the constraints around the rules for um, the games themselves. Um, so I would look at uh, how you manipulate players taking a knee at a touch, for example. Um, how many players they're going to attack. So, for example, if they're playing touch, normally they would run into the defensive line. We might say touch. We've got to have three players down in the defensive line. What that then creates potentially in a six-a-side game is just three players standing. So it creates a little bit more space for the attack to look at. How do they manipulate the opponents opposite them using evasive agile steps? And they should gain some success and hopefully want to do it again. So you've said uh, manipulate with agile evasive steps. Yeah. What sort of language can we use with a nine-year-old, which uh, would may may speak with them? I, I know I'm I'm not saying that you use that language. What language do you use with them to help them see that and see the benefit of that? I would go down the route again of um, sidestepping, feints, shoulder drops. So I talk about actual motions, having gone through a few things. So I work in a whole part, whole kind of method in terms of exploring and again also using the modeling concept around who are their heroes who are they watching whether it's their premiership local team their international teams whoever it might be say go and play like this what movement do they make and so we're saying sidestep uh faint one of the simple concepts we introduced right at the beginning of all of this is y lining so that would be one of the first areas I would explore once children have explored the idea of just body movement is it is a exploration of attack a defender and then before you get towards them you turn and accelerate into the space it's trying to get them to actually change their hip line to move there as well and keep them to get to get them to go faster based on the image but it so is how do you do how do you do that how do you create a player to um accelerate on because i know plenty of eight and nine year olds who wouldn't even be able to have the body skills to do that so you're, you're starting on that what would you do uh language again there would be around slow and go uh, I would use cones and poles. Uh, so you might play a game first, obviously exploring, and then go, right, we're going to have a go at this concept of Y-lining. I put cones on the floor. They're in a Y, capital Y shape and different colours. And you say, I want you to, to run at half a speed to the blue cone. And when you get to the blue cone, I want you to run at the red or the orange cone as fast as you possibly can. And you might have a defender or the coach in front or a hit shield in front, just giving them the scenario that that is what a defender would do in that position. And then layer it up. So you go and do multiple reps of it. So they go Y-line on Y-line on Y-line and then put it into the game. I then look at rewarding them, as I said, manipulate the defense to make sure there's space there. And then also look at rewarding them for every Y-line they do. They might gain five points. Great. Excellent. Joe, you've taken the knife very well to uh, <laughs> evasion and agility skills. Start the process. So Joe, a level four RFU coach, says this about its philosophy within an innovative, enjoyable and measured performance learning environment where detail matters, values are lived and people are both cared for and empowered. I aim to educate, align and challenge athletes as they pursue excellence in developing themselves to achieve their desired vision and goals you can contact him at joe.goodman at bristol.ac.uk and visit his website and this is evo rugby that's e-v-o rugby dot system system spelt with any on the e on the end dot io and you can also find him on linkedin joe goodman so we're going to ask five questions i'm going to throw this extra one in um how old are you joe i'm 39 years young 
Okay. okay, looking very good for it. What coaching book is uh, by your bedside? Um, there's a few at the moment. Oh, Owen Eastwood, Belonging is a brilliant read. Okay, Owen Eastwood, Belonging. Right, which coach, teacher are you loving at the moment? Uh, you've got to say Eddie Jones at the moment. I'm just fascinated looking at all his background and having read around things. I've met him a couple of times and just looking at how he's dealing with the challenges he's got. Excellent. Uh, which team sports subject would you love to coach at the moment? Oh, crikey. I would love to be coaching in Southern France in, a, in the top 14. Something like that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Like the, the resources you have, the weather, the climate, the environment, the challenge, the competition levels. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Uh, what's wrong with Bristol? Anyway, <laughs> who, who, who has inspired you most? Um, probably my family. Um, my family and my wife huge um my brother was a very successful professional player uh i wasn't successful i guess i'm in there as well uh, i have a chip on my shoulder about wanting to be the best coach because i didn't do as well as i did on the field um really hard working parents and um and my wife just unbelievable work ethic and um i think that rubs off good she'll be listening in and what would you tell your 20 year old self to do more of oh there's a face Work smarter as well as harder and network. Joe, thanks very much for your time and thanks very much for listening to The Coaching Knife. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.